track at the wall. We are tied. Look at this. He's landed for I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Oh, drop with a big leg. Over for the cover. He got it. Unbelievable. He got it! The starter! Mike Tyson in! Austin is the champion! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Now the 2-2. Two -two. Well hit down the left field line. Way back and Touch the ball, Drew! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! So Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome to episode 8 of WWE War Wrestling Above Replacement. I am JT, joining me as always is my partner in the show, Mr. Marcus. Marcus, how are you? I'm good, and JT, are you ready for the Survivor Series? One, two, yeah, I think, yeah, I am. I am ready for the Survivor Series. And I'm ready to talk some more war, buddy, our sabermetric-style breakdown of all WF, WWE pay-per-views throughout history, using a plus-minus system across a multitude of categories, doing it based on pay-per-view seasons. Season theory. First pay-per-view of a season is the first one to occur after WrestleMania in every given year. Season ends with WrestleMania the next year. That's how we're basing these on. The first season we did on the show was 1994-1995. The season we're currently ticking very toward the end of is 2011 and 2012. And actually, by the end of the tonight, Marcus, we'll be through calendar year 2011. Yeah, the end is rapidly approaching. I feel like it's been very front-loaded. Uh, a lot of pay-per-views, especially with like Vengeance kind of being an extra event thrown mm -hmm. in there. But 2011 uh, is quickly coming to a close. And uh, we will be talking about WrestleMania in the end of the year before we know it. And we'll see uh, how CM Punk rebounds. That's been kind of the through line of the season for us, right? Because 11, early in the season, he started to, uh, his ascent. Well, actually, I guess his final days, it looked like for a bit there. And then he starts mm -hmm. his ascent, becomes a world title mainstay uh, has the summer of punk and then in our last episode really bottomed out it has a four pay-per-view losing streak going on so we'll see how things rebound for him as we talk about our two shows tonight our categories that we break these shows down are build commentary atmosphere 
notable moments and importance, match grades, card structure, rewatchability, and all-time matches. It's a simple plus-minus system. Each of those categories, if something above standard replacement level occurred, it gets a point. If something below standard replacement level occurred, it gets a minus. Net those out, give a total score, and that's where the pay-per-view ranks. To give us our final overall ranking, we'll be ranking pay-per-views and eventually we'll be ranking years as well as we go through this. And Marcus, I think you explained it well in our last episode. You know, just because we don't have something in certain categories doesn't mean there wasn't anything good or bad. It just meant it kind of was just average. And that's really what replacement level is, just average. So we're really looking for the things that we bring, believe bring a show or a category above average and below average. Perfectly said. All right. So with all that said, why don't we give our current standings here uh, of the overall pay-per-views. In last place is Over the Limit 2011 with negative nine. Followed up by Night of Champions 2011 with a negative three. WrestleMania 11 with a negative 0.75. Royal Rumble 1995 with a 5.5. King of the Ring 1994 with a 6.5. Survivor Series 1994 with a 7.75. Extreme Rules 2011 with an 8.75. SummerSlam 1994 with a 9. Vengeance 2011 with a 9.5. Hell in a Cell 2011 with 11.5. We had our top three with Capital Punishment 2011 with 13.75. SummerSlam 2011 with a 23. And then the king of the hill right now is Money in the Bank 2011 with a 28.75. We'll see if anything anytime soon can sift that. And I'm really curious, again, what's going to end up being our midpoint. WrestleMania 11 seems like it's potential to be like eventually the midpoint if we get more negative shows, but... Right now, it's really right around that 7 to 8 range, like right around Survivor Series 94, with that 775 seems to be maybe our fulcrum point um, as we go through this. So, All right, why don't we go ahead and dive into Survivor Series 2011 from Madison Square Garden, New York City, November 20th, 2011, attendance of over 16,000 people inside the garden and our commentary team is pretty much what it's been the standard here in 2011 michael cole jerry lawler and booker t and this felt like a big night right off the start marcus being inside the garden for a major pay-per-view uh there's been some big survivor series pay-per-views in the garden Mm -hmm. with 96 and with 02 so this kind of feels like it could potentially follow in a pretty big survivor series legacy in the big apple yeah, without a doubt. And uh, a lot of our storylines uh, that we've seen throughout the season, they are they seem ready to like kind of crescendo here. And um, I guess we'll see if they actually pay any of those o- those off or if they hold off until uh, the end of the year or the beginning of the year to pay those off. But uh, magic is in the air. It's the garden. Mm-hmm. It's MSG. Uh, it's New York City. It's WWE. Um, you know, the recipe is there for a fantastic show. All right, why don't you take us through our card, and we'll get into our match grades before we dig into the categories. Absolutely. Our dark match of the evening, which is not rated, we have Santino Morella versus uh, Jinder Mahal, and they're going to hinder Jinder as Santino picks up the dub. <laughs> Kicking off the show, we have Dolph Ziggler defending the United States Championship against John Morrison. I went three and a half on this matchup. Pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was good. This is a three and a half for me as well. This is what we've been talking about across our last episode with these guys getting a chance to shine 
given some time and saying, hey, go out there and deliver to help buoy this card. This goes almost 11 minutes. You know, we were down on Morrison a couple of shows ago against that match of Rhodes, but he steps up here. Ziggler's been on, on a pretty good hot streak, not delivering like matches I call great, but but very good. Mm-hmm. And this is probably borderline in between those two. Uh, so I went three and a half as well for an average of three and a half. Just to quickly explain our match grades. If you think a two and a half is basically a baseline average match, uh, we take the average of Marcus and I's grades. So this would average up to three and a half. And then we uh, add or subtract from two and a half to determine the point toward the total. So this gets a one point because three and a half is a point bigger than two and a half. And it goes both ways up and down. So, uh, so there you go. Three and a half. And yeah, this is a very good opener. Ziggler retains uh, Zach Ryder actually attacks Dolph after the match and setting up, you know, their feud to continue and eventually perhaps build toward Ryder going after the U S title. But I like, this as a hot way to open the show. And you can already tell like, Survivor Series versus like a Vengeance, they're tightening the card a bit and who's involved on the card. Mm-hmm. Like these guys would have been maybe depth in in and like other guys opening, but they're in the opening slot tonight uh, because the show is pretty much tight with just like big time matches. Yeah, it's almost like an all star kind of feel. Like mm-hmm. um, there there is no like middle of the road or you know right. replacement level wrestlers. Like everybody here is is a featured star of the company at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, big time matchup. They let these guys go out there and they really do a good job of like fighting through the we want rider chance, which I mean, it, it doesn't really hinder Ziggler at all. It's more so Morrison, uh, who is this like upper mid card kind of hitting his head against the glass ceiling kind of baby face. Um, and he's, they do a good job of like fighting through the chance and uh, they get the crowd to go along with them and get behind Morrison. Do you feel like they uh, should have so. just done rider here? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And like this goes back to like the theme that we talked about, mm-hmm. as we've noticed during the season, like they're doing things to spite their face, like right. they're doing things just to like try to break the fans will and be like, no, we are in control. We are telling the stories that we want to tell. Like you can tell the same story, just like insert Zack Ryder instead of John Morrison. Um, like interesting note about Morrison, like this is his second United States title match well, his second title match in the mid card. Um, Hell in a Cell, he fought Cody for the Intercontinental title. Um, but like he's just kind of getting these title matches from Johnny Ace um, or John Laurinaitis um, for really no like particular reason other than like he looks impressive in his matches and like that's all the reason we're given. Um, so it's like, doesn't that kind of make him a little bit of a heel if like John Laurinaitis, the right, lead heel is like matches, just yeah. right, granting him title matches without any like substantial wins or anything like that in favor of like the crowd favorite. Um, so yeah, Curious Booking doesn't do Morrison any favors, but uh, they do fight through it. Well, it feels like Dolph is a bit of a tweener in a way, too. Like, I think the crowd is, like, really into him. And I think they're respecting him as a workhorse. Um, so I think that plays into a bit, too. But, yeah, I think I would have done Ryder here to start the show with a really special moment in New York. Would have gotten a big pop. Uh, it seems like they want to sit on it. Megas already had a lot going on here and uh, didn't want to overload this show with moments. But I think this could have really added to the very special feel to finally pay off riders win here uh instead of Dolph going over morrison but as is it's a really good match so yeah without a doubt uh we're gonna continue on with the title matches as uh we have a lumberjill match for the divas championship as beth phoenix successfully retains against eve torres uh i went two and uh, a quarter on this yeah i went two. uh pretty pretty standard pretty much in line with last show beth again just retains over eve which as we've said is you know, an uptick over Kelly, but again, are we just going to get like the same 
rinse repeat that we've been getting. Like we got the three with Kelly and Beth. Now we're just going to get three of Beth and Eve. Like when are we going to get some fresh faces into these title feuds and title matches to mix things up? Like why are we rinse repeating show after show? I mean, this is a lumberjill match. We at least get the other divas around the ring, but you know, when are we going to mix things up? I feel like the, the story of this whole season has been like three, these three women pretty much. I mean, we had Brie Bella, I guess, early on in the mix. Um, you know, we had the tail end of Lay Cool, but really, for all intents and purposes, it's been Kelly, Brie, Beth, and Eve. And, like, that's it. That's, like, all we ever see on these pay-per-views from the Divas division. Yeah, and I think they're marketing the Divas at this time as, like, smart, sexy, and powerful. Mm-hmm. And no Diva is really all three in their presentation. Like, Beth right. Phoenix is probably the closest. So, like, you're basically breaking down your, your women's division into, okay, we have three kinds of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Eve and Kelly Kelly are just kind of, like, the same character back-to-back. So we've had a whole handful of matches, like, I guess in the back end of 2011, really since the middle, just, like, Kelly and Beth, and now Eve and Beth. Um, well, I think what's hurting, too, is they, they don't have that prototype top face diva right now like yeah i like eve but she feels forced to me a lot of the time um she's good in the ring but her character and the way she carries herself always feels like um i I don't know how to explain it just like she feels like she's acting yeah that's a great way to sum it up like being a person yeah like just during this time she doesn't feel super likable exactly and and maybe it's just like you know maybe being tagged with like kelly a bit and I, I would say Kelly feels like, you know, a lot more naturally likable than Eve. But, um, like, the crowd kind of wants to get into Beth, too. Like, even though Beth's the the heel, like, the fans respect Beth's work ethic. And, like, they know the deal. Like, they know she's in there to, like, kind of carry the rest of the division and bring them up to her level. Um, so it's almost like a similar situation with Ziggler. Like, the fans are respecting Beth's work. So Beth is kind of getting, like, these de facto almost, like, face pops for, for her big spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's, it's plotting, but you know, overall it's better than what we've had, um, on some of these shows with the women. Yeah. It just feels like they could, if they had that one face to really be hot and chase Beth, we'd be in better shape. But, um, yeah. you know, I have a feeling we'll be riding the season out with, with this group. I don't, I don't think we're <laughs> going to expand beyond it, sadly for us. So no, they're in tank mode. Uh, We've got a uh, big kind of like all-star sort of five-on-five Survivor mm-hmm. Series match uh, with our upper mid-card and mid-carders as uh, we've got Team Barrett with Cody Rhodes, Dolph Ziggler, Unico, Jack Swagger, and Team Captain Wade Barrett defeating the team of Team Morton of Kofi Kingston, Mason Ryan, Sheamus, mm-hmm. Sin Cara, and Team Captain Randy Orton. Uh, team Barrett's going to pick mix. up the win here. Yeah, Interesting mix of talent. Yeah, and despite that mix, uh, I gave them three and a quarter. Yeah, no, me too. It was a fun, it was a fun match, and kudos to try and do a mix of guys to elevate some, right? Like Unico being in here was was cool, um, including you know even though we've been down on Sinkara, uh, I think putting him in here at least was a step toward associating him with a guy like Orton and Kofi. You know, this continues. Sheamus has come up as well. I think what was surprising to me was that Sheamus didn't win or survive this match. It felt yeah. like this would be the old school style survivor series match where the next big face would uh, stand tall and, and dominate. So I, I was actually surprised to see Seamus, uh, you know, he ends up getting DQ'd. So it's not like he gets pinned, but um, I was surprised that he didn't end up winning this match. I mean, Barrett is kind of going nowhere. Like 
to see him pin Orton was surprising. Uh, also, Orton's always been presented as kind of the king of Survivor Series. He always, you know, has a lot of surviving under his belt. So, like, it was a surprising to me to see Barrett go over here when he's really done nothing, I guess, since Brian at SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, it just felt, it felt a little weird. Yeah, and, like, speaking of weird, like, Mason Ryan being in here. Um, we talked about, like, elevating a guy like Sankara and Unico and getting them, like, some upper mid-card main event rub um you know mason ryan looks apart uh i can certainly understand why they put him in there um you know he fits a a certain mold that they have success with but uh just no no kind of like natural chemistry i think this was a bold ask to try to hide him in this Mm -hmm. matchup um but despite that this is a pretty good survivor series style matchup uh, and yeah, this seemed tailor made for like um, a Seamus stand tall, like walking tall, standalone babyface moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, instead, he gets like the hacksaw treatment, like getting DQ'd um, <laughs> and, you know, kind of trying to like forget that he's in there, justify him being gone. Uh, but a nice win for Barrett uh-huh. and Barrett squad. Our next match of the evening is uh, a singles match for the World Heavyweight Championship as the Big Show is going to defeat Mark Henry by disqualification. I went two, and I might have been a little generous with my score. What do you say, JT? I went one and three quarter, and this was my most disappointing uh, moment of the night for sure. Like, we talked a lot about Henry in our last episode, just what a great streak he's been on. He had a good match with Sheamus that bridged him into the awesome matches with Orton. And even the first match of Big Show, while it was pretty replacement level, at least had the big moment with the ring breaking. This felt like a real step back uh, in what they're trying to accomplish with the Hall of Pain dominant big show um to do a like pussy foot dq where henry basically is trying to save his title so he hits a low blow and then have big show bust his leg and leave him laying felt like so i don't know felt like the antithesis of what we're trying to do with henry it's like they they like what they're doing with henry and they just try and do it with big show here <laughs> like is it already doing it with henry why do we need big show to be getting this guy and I don't know. I, I, we could see where it goes, I guess, to another match. Again, we're continuous rematches here with all this stuff. But um, I, I would have looked coming off of Vengeance. I would have looked for Henry to like just beat Big Show clean here and move on to the next challenge. Yeah. And like this is an instance of maybe just trying to fit. I wouldn't say like too much on the card, but like you have a world heavyweight championship. So you feel obligated to get it on the card mm-hmm. like this. This angle in this match is something that should have happened on like a SmackDown um, they go 13 minutes, which is a, a lot to ask of two mm. super heavyweights. Um, and the style of match they wrestle, like this, this, this could have been like Miz and Cena. Uh, take any like top baby, like powerhouse baby face and combine them with like kind of like a, a cheapskate heel. Uh, you know, somebody always takes like the coward's way out. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of match that they wrestle here as opposed to the, you know, the vengeance match. And uh, I think the money in the bank match where, it's more like that Godzilla versus Kong style. And instead, it's, you know, wrestler versus wrestler. Very weird. Um, a tough ask. They do the best with, like, what I think they're asked to do. But um, it's frustrating because you mentioned Survivor Series 2002. Um, and I enjoyed your episode of uh, Ruthlessly Aggressive Era Pod with uh, uh, Jake covering Survivor Series 02. And what a magical show that was. And part of that magic was the monster sprint that Big Show and Brock have. And you have the recipe here to do something similar mm-hmm. 
to just light the stick of dynamite and let it blow up. And they don't. Instead, they do the exact opposite. And they go almost 15 minutes. You know, they go 13 minutes uh, in a match that really nobody wanted to see. Like, nobody wanted to see these two go out there and try to, you know, be catchers catch can. And I hate the middle, the half measure they take, right? It's like either just have Henry beat him and continue on his Hall of Pain or just have show beat him and win the title here. Again, like it, like what could have been a rider, like it could have been a big moment. All right, Big Show ends the Hall of Pain, clocks him, and he wins his title, and he can celebrate and whatever the fuck else he wants to do. In MSG, you could even call back to Survivor Series 02 where he beat Brock. You know, like you can play it up, like, oh, he did it in the garden at Survivor Series again. Instead, yeah. this just feels like this kind of, all right, we don't know which way we want to go. Like, do we want to keep Henry strong, or do we want to build Big Show to be the next champion? Yeah, they're trying to have the best of both worlds, and they just need to commit. And, you know, if Henry's your champion, and, and that's who you build up during the season, and, like, commit to Henry. At the same time, like, right. Big Show is on a really good stretch, I think, um, given, like, his career. His trajectory's been a little bit up and down. Like, this is definitely an up point for him. He's had good performances this season. Um, but, like, make a commitment. I don't think either guy necessarily is going to be hurt because the other guy looked good in a win. But, right. like, they both or, looked hurt, you know. Or what if Henry get someone else here and put show in the survivor match and let him and Seamus go over or put both of them in there. You, you even said to yourself, you don't need to have a title match here. You could have easily replaced Mason Ryan with big show and, mm. you know, Unico or whatever with, with, uh, Henry and beef up that match. Give him an extra 10 minutes that you had gave this. Yeah. And have, have show pin Henry in the survivor match. You know, if you want to put show over and set him up for another title match, you could have done something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe that, show, show and Seamus survive, you know? Yeah. I think that would have been a much better use is, um, you know, having, having the world title feud actually be the, the captains of the survivor series match instead of kind of shoehorning a, a world heavyweight championship match onto this card. Yeah. When they are getting a fuck finish too. at least yeah. then you kind of get a clean finish over the champion. Yeah. You could have done that in the survivor series match. Right. Yep. But, um, speaking of title matches, we got another big one here as CM Punk is going to defeat Alberto Del Rio for the WWE Championship. Um, awesome moment. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later with the Fink. I went four stars on this matchup. What about you? No, me too. It was really good. And this felt like the first time, really since like Money in the Bank, probably, um, that it felt like Punk is our guy. Like he went out there, no bullshit, defeated Del Rio clean by submission, wins the title, and this will start. You know, one of the most epic title reigns of all time in company history, uh, just by by duration. So it's, you know, it's it's a cool moment. It's a big moment. It felt like almost an apology away in MSG. Mm. Harkens back to maybe like bread at 10, right? Kind of like, all right, you know, sorry, we fucked you around for a bit here. We're, we're strapping you back up. You are going to be the guy. Um, so it, it kind of felt like a makeup for everything we've been through since SummerSlam with Punk. Now, I will say, I get why this wasn't last, but it still feels like a little bit like he's being marginalized. Like, <laughs> he doesn't even get this big moment to main event the show. But, again, it's, I mean, given what's coming up, you had to do it here. You couldn't close after what's next. But um, it still felt like, uh, even when they're there, like, there's still something in the way. Yeah, and we talked about, you know, what's to come with Rock and Cena. You know this year-long build is in the works for them to meet up at WrestleMania. So you want to see other people elevated since you know Cena's got his ticket stamp for WrestleMania. Right. And Punk looks to be that guy. But then the way they go about it, just taking detour after detour, instead of trying to keep him hot, instead of finding different creative things for him to do, they beat him four pay-per-views in a row. Mm-hmm. And now he comes out here and in a spot where maybe this could have main evented um, or it could have felt bigger. 
Um, but instead it's like, like you said, it's like an apology. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, we killed your run. Uh, we lost a bunch of good real good, goodwill with the fans. Um, at the same time, like now we have to take Del Rio's legs out from underneath him as he's just kind of getting going again. Um, but the right decision was made. Um, Punk was a dude. Punk should have had the title. There's an argument to be to be made, I think, that he should have had the title um, coming out of Money in the Bank and never lost it. Um, and it was SummerSlam. You know, a lot of rebooking to be done there and considerations to be had. But really cool moment and a really different kind of match that they worked. Um, they really, like, tapped into the, I wouldn't say MMA style, but Del Rio does have that background. And, uh, you know, Punk is into his training and, and working in different transitions and, uh, you know, different kind of holds and stuff like that and variations of uh, the Anaconda Vice and other submissions. So they work like a, a smarter, snugger, submission-heavy style match, especially towards the tail end. Agreed. And at least they give him the moment, they give him the apology. But yes, to your point, it still, at the end of the day, wasn't the big focal point of the build into the show. Nope, because a big focal point would be our main event mm-hmm. as the most charismatic tag team of all time. Never before, never again. But they mean it this time. John Cena and The Rock are going to team up to defeat the awesome truth of The Miz and our truth I went two and a half on this matchup. I went three. Uh, I, I felt like a, a pretty good spectacle match. It really was just about seeing Rock in the ring for the first time since WrestleMania 20, right? In WWE ring since here in MSG. But it's yeah. been a while, so almost eight years. Since Rock had wrestled, he had been on a couple times. Obviously, he was at WrestleMania earlier in the year, but his first in-ring match, they gave him 20 minutes. It was a big deal, kind of almost a modern-day, you know, top guy with The Rock. Awesome truth, I thought, really earned this spot, given all their great work throughout 11. So, that was a cool moment. You know, Miz obviously had a tough ending of his title run, but they let him still be up here with the big boys. And they've also let... um, our truth as well, since this heel turn around uh, the spring and then into capital punishment, you think, okay, well he had his one match and that's it, but they've kept him in the mix too. So it was cool to see them get the shot on the flip side. And also they're easily hateable. So like, there's gonna be no splitting of pops like rock and Cena are going to get the mega face pop and tease what we already know is going to be the WrestleMania uh, main event rock versus John Cena. So this just kind of an appetizer for what's to come that we've already known is about to come in a few months. So I, I thought this is a, a fitting big time match in survivor series in MSG to close the show. It sucks for punk that this is also on the card of him winning the belt, but is what it is. Yeah. It, it's, it's a huge spectacle. Like you said, and, and maybe that's uh, not being reflected in my match grade. Um, but yeah, it's a huge spectacle. They treat it like a big deal. It feels like a big deal. And mm-hmm. again, like, I know some people are maybe a little critical of like Miz and R-Truth being the ones in that role. But I think when you do a season breakdown like we've done, who else do you put in that role? Like Miz is coming off of the previous season, main eventing WrestleMania, being WWE champion, uh, headlining with Cena in the early part of the season, uh, you know, leveling off, but but heating back up because, you know, part of that leveling off was worked into the storyline with R-Truth, who heated up as uh, we started the season and then gets defeated by Cena, and then him and Miz link up. So, like, we've been following this, and they've done a really good job, I think, of developing an in-house super team with Miz and R-Truth. And, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of feels silly, like, super team, they're not on the level of, like, you know, Hogan and uh, and Macho or anything like that. 
But no, but they're on the level of like Mr. Perfect and the Genius when they fought Hogan and Warrior. Yeah. Or whatever. You know, it's like yeah. Or Dino Bravo and Earthquake, like whatever you want to say. Like, right? It's it's on that level at least to where yeah, they're probably not going to win, but they're at least believable enough to go 20 minutes and hang in there. And I mean, Miz exactly. has beat you know as recently as this year, so it's not like that crazy, right? Yeah. That's a good comparison, uh, Bravo and Quake. The Earthquake. The massive Earthquake. All right, so why don't we get to our categories then? Uh, the match grades for that net out. Uh, not as high as you may think, based on what we're talking about, but still pretty good. Like 2.75 is actually pretty high um, for a match grade average when you think about it through the way we do this. So that's that's a pretty strong showing. All right. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Let's get into the build here. Here are the pluses. We had a workhorse Ziggler. So, again, gets two matches, a Survivor Series match and a title match. Uh, the show Henry Ring Enforcement was cool. Cool play off of the ring breaking of vengeance. The awesome mm-hmm. truth push all the way to this big main event. We gave uh, Rock's return uh, one point, and then Rock Cena, uh, the build toward them being a team and eventually enemies, a point as well. You can notice that we did not give the point for Punk and Del Rio because we didn't feel like there was much of a uh, concrete build there. It just felt like a very basic uh, replacement level average build. Yeah, not enough to stand out for those guys. Um, but they do avoid the minus section. Uh, in the minus section, we have a repetitive uh, build to the women's title feud. Um, again, like you can swap out Kelly, Kelly, and Eve at this point. They don't really feel that different. Uh, not pulling the trigger on Ziggler and Ryder, as we talked about. The crowd is molten hot for Zack mm-hmm. Ryder. And Mason Ryan randomly in the Survivor Series match. Um, I'm sure there's other faces to pull from. Uh, or again, like put Sean Henry in there and take some people out. Um there's better solutions to be had there. Yeah. I feel like even if they didn't announce Ryder, if he just came out and like Ace made the match on the spot or something, you know, something like that could have been cool. And just have Ryder beat him. I don't know. Almost like a cash in. All right. So that's a plus two on build. Commentary. We had uh, Michael Cole defending the women's movement. I thought he did a good job putting King in his place on the diva stuff. (laughs) Uh, and this is actually not a bad night for Cole. Uh, you know, he gives some good Survivor Series history as well. Good hype on Cena Rock being the most entertaining team in history. It didn't feel too forced here. Yeah, and I think most of the bad notes uh, for the minus section of commentary are mostly, like, in two matches. Um, the Twitter build is really, like, spread out throughout the show as they continue to uh, fail to really grab the essence of Twitter uh, and, like, subtly insert, insert that as part of the show. Uh, yeah, we, we talked got, about that a lot on our last episode. Just like yeah. the Twitter madness. They're just obsessed with it, but they don't really get it. You know, it's meant to be kind of cool, but it's not coming off as cool. It's just Twitter, this Twitter, that. Who's tweeting this? Who's tweeting that? Who's trending on Twitter? It's just constant, constant, constant. Yeah, it makes it hard to want to, like, participate and, and be part of that. And even, like, to be part of the problem. Like, <laughs> like oh, they won't shut up about what's what's trending. But, like, if I contribute to that, then, like, I'm part of the problem. Right. Uh, speaking of problems, King creeping uh, during the Divas match and Cole and King mocking the Fink. And what really was an awesome moment, you got to figure it's going to be Fink's last time in MSG. Um, you know, he's he really hasn't been seen at all this season. Um, Ever. I mean, yeah, it's even, been years, really, since he was even involved in anything. Yeah. And to have like this cool moment where Fink comes out to kind of combat uh, the um, Ricardo being Del Rio's personal ring announcer. Uh, Fink and MSG, it's really special. 
and they just take a, a hot steamy dump all over the moment. It was awful. Honestly, I think it's one of the worst things we've had. Obviously, we shit on commentary bad in our last episode on Vengeance. Uh, it was a Vengeance or Hell so One of them was real bad. Uh, Vengeance. Vengeance. Th- this was some of the worst we've heard. Like, I've been out on Colin King most of this year with their stupid bullshit from their feud. You know, Cole had his little bounce back blip. But man, this was terrible. Like, poor Fink, who gets shit on by everyone. It's like, just give him his fucking moment. It's Madison Square Garden. It's a cool thing where he introduces, you know, Punk and announces his big tattoo. You know, it's the last time we hear it, I think. So it's mm-hmm. like, and then they're out there just joking about how fat he is and this and that. It's like, shut the fuck up. It just, it yeah. just felt so bad. And like, King especially, who's like the biggest easy target for anyone to rip on the commentary if they wanted to. Like, you know fuck off like this is so bad I, we, we were negative two on this um honestly it could be like a negative 10 i think it's one of the most detrimental things like we've had to listen to on this from commentary and then king creeping in the diva match and cole putting him in his place was, was something but uh this ends up with a negative one overall uh thanks to the fink stuff which was just terrible yeah they really do ruin um a special moment mm-hmm. it was sad for no reason uh probably for vince vince yeah. probably in their ear wanted to you know rib think or whatever but was stupid all right atmosphere uh msg in itself of course just a great feel it's msg uh the set was really good the crowd out of the gate is hyped we give a point for that the pop for rider point for that the pop for rock a point for that uh big show's top rope elbow which is a really cool spot good pop for that uh we gave a po- uh, point for the floor rider theme song which really fit the show and the atmosphere uh, that played throughout the night and then punk just being super over uh, in his title win, just getting a massive reaction. So uh, a lot to uh, a lot of big atmosphere points here again. Yeah. It's MSG. It felt special. Um, I'm glad that we went through and, and tried to quantify a lot of those intangibles in the atmosphere. Um, it was a special night without a doubt. Um, there were some minuses though. Uh, the crowd was dead for the women's match. Uh, the crowd was pissed for the Sheamus week disqualification. Uh, crowd chance for Daniel Bryan during the sluggish show Henry match. Can't say I blame them. And no women's Survivor Series match. And I know this is a little before the time of like obligatory women's Survivor Series match, but they have the Lumberjills stipulation. So like it's Survivor Series. Why would you not do a Survivor Series match? Right. Yeah, it felt like, again, we didn't need the rehash anyway of Beth and Eve. So yeah, why not? Just do something different. Let some of the other divas get some shine. Um, it felt like that could have really been a positive. And the Danny Bryan chance, too, didn't help uh, at all as well. Like, that just felt, um, yeah, it just kind of drags down an already sluggish match. Yeah, and again, like, if they put Henry and show in that Survivor Series match, that's a little bit of time you take away from that, you know, world heavyweight title match you can give the women a couple more minutes to actually have a survivor series match it doesn't need to feel as rushed as what it probably would feel like yep all right so i guess it's a four for atmosphere which is pretty good uh like we said it's a lot of pluses all right let's take a look at moments uh we gave a point for Dolph ziggler's strong win over morrison gave a point for zach Ryder's attack which got a great reaction Gave a point to the really cool-looking super glam slam that finished the match on Eve. Kind of felt like, okay, Beth saved this big move for a big night. We gave a point for Rock's MSG uh, promo and boots to asses. Uh, This was a great promo by Rock and his big comeback in MSG. You could tell he's feeling it. Talks about the history, the importance of the arena. uh, Starts his boots to asses. Um, 
you know, slogan or whatever that the catchphrase that's going to become a thing as well. So that was uh, a great promo. Uh, a point for Cody having a strong night. A point for Big Show's top rope elbow. A point for R Truth Pigeons promo, which is also great. Uh, a point for the Fink. A point for CM Punk becoming world champion. A point for Rock returning to the promotion. And then a point for the springboard RKO counter from Orton Asina, which was, I mean, Orton to uh, Sankara, which was awesome as well. So a lot of cool moments and important moments, which I think makes sense given we're in MSG, it's Survivor Series, Rock is back. Like you could tell they went hard on the show and we had a lot of cool moments to come of it. Yeah, a lot of big moments. It feels big. Um, in a way, this almost feels like um, almost like an end of season WrestleMania, like. I don't know. It, it it just feels big. Um, mm-hmm. and again, maybe maybe that a lot of that is MSG, but um, we do have some minuses as uh, we have Sinkara's bad injury that's going to take him out of the match. Uh, a disappointing World Heavyweight Title match for Sean Henry, as we talked about. Uh, the decision for the intentional DQ with Henry doing the low blow, which is really contradictory to his character. And then you know taking so much time for him to get beat up by Big Show after the match, just a dumb finish overall. And we have. What we felt like is one pay-per-view match too many, uh, too many for Show and Henry. Um, I know earlier we talked about uh, Eve and and Kelly Kelly, or excuse me, uh, Kelly Kelly and Beth going, you know, one match too many. Um, and it feels the same here. Like mm-hmm. you're just trying to get too much out of it. Yep, draining it uh, and just playing it out. And we're just still not done <laughs> with that either. So, but this had a lot of big moments. Ends up with a plus seven, Marcus. Um, for moments, which is really cool, because again, they they really stood out to make it count for sure. Uh, I made sure to have a lot to go in there. All right, so match grades we already talked about was 2.75. Card structure, uh, we gave a point for the great opener of Ziggler and Morrison, uh, a point for having a long classic Survivor Series match to uh, anchor the card, uh, a point for a big star power main event, and just a point for overall card. It was it was structured really nicely. And for the minuses. Again, we're going to ding uh, the terrible finish to Henry and Big Show after really making us sit through almost 15 minutes of uh, colossal men sweating. And um, we took a point away for what should have been uh, Money in the Bank cash in. Mm-hmm. The crowd was really hot for Brian. Um, you have the Money in the Bank, which could be used at any time, any place. So, like, you don't really need to have, like, oh, we need to book it better. Like, no. It is an emergency switch. Like it could right. be used at any given time, <clears throat> and you've got to know MSG being MSG, the reputation it has, really mm-hmm. supporting like the wrestlers, wrestlers. You know they're going to be chanting Brian. Uh, I don't think that really could have or should have been a surprise to anybody, um, and they should have been ready to give that big moment there. Yeah, and we've talked about two big moments that got to make the show even more historical. Ryder wins the U.S. title, and then Brian cashes in. Now, I get you don't, maybe don't want to jam it all in here with Punk winning, too. So maybe you just pick one of those two. But the fact that we don't get either definitely took away from it. Yeah. 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 Feel, again, it feels like they're holding out on what feels like. like, uh, like yeah, for what? Like, this is a huge show, and everything mm-hmm. feels like it's at a natural ending point. And really, like, for a cash-in, that would be the start of something to, like, right. carry you into, like, you know, this new part of the season. Yeah, you could do Brian and show or something at TLC, whatever. All right, so that's a two for that. Uh, rewatchability, we give a point for Rock's MSG uh, history promo. And then for the hidden gem we mentioned, which was uh, the opener there. So that gives us a two as well. Uh, no all-time matches either way, I don't believe, right? Nothing. Nope. Will, okay, there. So that gives us a total of markets of 18.75. So Ooh. 
a very strong showing for this show. Uh, historically, you probably don't think of this as being such a great Survivor Series, but as of right now, through the number of pay-per-views we've done, it's our third best. Uh, it's trailing SummerSlam, but I mean, SummerSlam is an all-timer. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's, you know, a decent clip, but it's also five full points ahead of the next show. So I think this will be in a good spot for a while, I'm guessing. And again, it's probably not a show you think of, like, even before I watched it, I really only remembered the, um, Roxena, like being the main event. So like, I didn't remember a lot of the other big moments. So this was one I really enjoyed rewatching and reliving and relearning. Yeah. And this is one I remember like getting on pay-per-view and sitting down with the family and watching it so like i was really pleased that like oh man the show is like actually really good but going back and watching it you see there's so much meat left on the bone and like they could have took a couple bites of that and still had meat on the bone to worry mm -hmm. about raw the next night or tlc or whatever else um but yeah 18.75 uh, is a really really strong finished uh top three and just can't help but think like if they deliver on some of those moments i mean we could be looking at a top two show yeah, I think this is uh, this is one where if you haven't watched it or you're not as familiar with this time period, it's absolutely worth sitting down and revisiting or seeing for the first time or first time in a while. You know, I think it's a it's a lot of fun, um, and I definitely really enjoyed it. And honestly, this season as a whole has been enjoyable, Marcus, for sure. I wasn't sure what to expect coming into it. Um, was that I remember it as well, but it's been a lot of fun. And I think that's the case for a lot of the stuff we watch here on the North South Connection. You want to talk a little bit about what we have to offer here? Yeah, North-South Connection, uh, going into this new year, uh, we've got holdovers like um, now entering the Royal Rumble with you and Aaron. Uh, we have, uh, what else do we have? Shoot. No uh, wrestler Brains hitting me. But yeah, well. we got No Holds yeah. Barred. Um, we've got uh, Second Print Comics. Uh, we've got uh, NFL Talk. We've got Pop Culture Talk. We've got Wrestling Talk. Uh, a little bit of everything. We got AEW. We got current day AEW. We've got uh, myself and Tim Taylor reviewing uh, every WWE pay per view, as uh, as well as NXT and AEW. Uh, we go. Yeah, we got Ryan Gray previewing most of those. Yeah, Ryan Gray is knocking it out of the park, doing the the previews, catching you up if you've missed any of the weekly TV, uh, getting you ready for their shows. So, a lot of different stuff to offer you here on the North South Connection. Yeah, and I, I like a lot of like the deep dive stuff we do. A lot of our shows get into the minutia, whether it's the Attitude Era, whether it's ECW, Ruthless Aggressive, whether it's the dying days of WCW. Like, we, you know, we have shows that capture all those time periods and just deep dive into the nitty gritty and the forgotten moments of the TV. Uh, New Gen on a Mission is another one. Hopefully we'll be coming back in 2022 that really deep dives into the television of the New Generation era. So just a lot of cool types of things like that, plus a lot of nerd, super nerd projects, specifically me and Aaron doing a lot of deep dives and lists and rankings and stuff like that. So uh, similar to the show here. And then, yeah, we cover some pop culture and a little bit of sports as well. So we kind of hit, hit the gamut across the board. Uh, shows almost every day on the North South. And uh, just follow us on Facebook.com slash North South Connection, and you can stay up to date on everything that's dropping. But even if you just sub to the feed, I mean, you'll see them pop up. And it's it's pretty regular. So uh, anything else you want to plug, Marcus? Uh, yeah, over on the soon-to-be-named network, myself and Tim Taylor, my co-host and partner from Viewer's Choice. We do our own podcast, and that is called Final Wrestling Place, where we take the nouns of professional wrestling and we put them into either the good place or the bad place based off an arbitrary system of red points and green points. All right. Very, very good. So that leaves us with one more show to do for calendar year 2011, and that'll be TLC.
took place December 18th, 2011 in Baltimore. Of course, a pretty famous poster with Punk with the ice cream bar. <laughs> so it was, uh, mm-hmm. that's at least memorable. But we'll see if this was, again, worth a show worth carrying over so much stuff that we just talked about. So I series that they could have blown off and moved on from in, in case uh, or I'd say in, in lieu of, you know, holding them on to then again, run them here. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Curious choice. We'll see if it pays off. Uh, in our opener, well, not o- opener, but our dark match, Drew McIntyre defeats Sight to My Face, Alex Riley. Main event anywhere in the country. Starting off the show, we have Zack Ryder defeating Dolph Ziggler for the United States title. They go about 10 minutes, and I like this a good bit. I went three and a half. Yeah, I like this uh, quite a bit, too, to open the show. I went three, so not as much as you, but it was definitely a great moment. Ryder pinned Ziggler clean, but it was a really good match, too. Like, it wasn't just a moment. Um, and the crowd was into it. it. It meant a lot. You know, you could tell Ryder definitely connected, resonated with him to win the belt finally. But again, I couldn't sit here, help but sit here and think like what this could have been in MSG, like an even bigger pop. And then you could have just Ryder fight him here again if you want, just have him retain. You know, what I mean, like you could have done that. Yeah. Yep. It just it felt like again one month too late, but. To their credit this time, it at least still resonated. It wasn't like Beth and Kelly where it was a month too late and it sucked because of it. Um, this at least still meant something. The crowd still was into it. They got excited by it. Um, it just felt like it could have been even bigger. Yeah, it definitely could have been bigger. Like, imagine this being a ladder match, like a return match uh, for Ziggler. Um, like that would have been something really special, especially since this has been brewing for quite some time. Um, but as it stands, like, this match really hit like where I was as a fan, um, even them like using the ejection of Vicky as like basically like a false finish. Like, like they get such a good reaction out of that. Um, I loved everything about the match. So three and a half for me, I know it's a tick high, but, um, it's nice to finally get this paid off as I was big rider fan at the time and an even bigger, bigger Ziggler fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up for the tag team titles, we've got, Air Boom retaining the titles against Primo and Epico, accompanied by Rosa Mendez. I went two and a quarter. I went two. Um, it sucks because I really like Air Boom, but I feel like we're not getting the best of what they could be. I don't know if it's just the time they're given, the matches they're given, but this is one where they really should shine. I mean, Primo and Epico can go. They should be flying around, hit a crisp pace. They get eight minutes, like let loose like what are you doing and again it felt like almost like that sincara match a few episodes or a few um shows back that we talked about where they got the time or even air boom versus ziggler and swagger like let's just wait for something to really click i just feel like we're they're living in this two and a half to three and a half star range air boom and i'm just waiting for that one big big match that hasn't come yet from them yeah like if they're going to be an established tag team which they have been now for a good part of the season um like where are their true rivals in the tag team division? Like they just kind of go on beating like mm-hmm. team to team. Like we saw them uh, for two shows face Ziggler and Swagger, which like that could have developed into something more. Uh, if you're going to have Ziggler, Ziggler continue to do double duty. But uh, yeah, Primo and Epico, I wish they would have got more, but you know, this wasn't the time or place. Um, and again, like underperformance under uh, for Air Boom as that continues on this season. Uh, next up, we've got in a uh, uh, tables match, Randy Orton is going to defeat Wade Barrett. 
I went three stars. Yeah, just a tick under that, two and three quarters. Uh, I guess this is playing off Barrett beating Orton at Survivor Series to survive the match. At least that did lead somewhere. It feels a aimless. Like, it feels like a soft end to the year for Orton, which has been a huge year for him mm-hmm. with uh, some really, you know, all-time classic matches. And it just feel like kind of just ending with a random spot. I mean, I guess good on them to try and give Barrett something here if they have really nothing going on. Um, just feel like a match. It was just a match. So that's fine. But it's like, again... We wasted Barrett going over Survivor Series just to job to Orin clean <laughs> a month later. And, like, not going to go anywhere from that. So why did we why did we do more at that Survivor Series match? Like, we, we're not going to get into it all over again. But there were so many options they could have done with Henry and Cho and all that on that match. And instead, they give it to Barrett, and then he just loses a few weeks later. Yeah, it, like you said, it's just a match because we have another pay-per-view coming up. And, and it's a tables match because it's December and it's TLC. Um, they are going to have some really awesome stuff on TV, but unfortunately mm-hmm. that is not in the scope of what we're covering. Um, they have a really cool match on SmackDown and a, a big backstage brawl. Um, and I think Barrett's going to get hurt, which is going to cut that program short, but that's not going to factor into, uh, the scoring on this project, but I did want to give that a special mention because their TV stuff is really good. Right. Uh, next up, uh, it's the never-ending tale of Kelly Kelly versus Beth Phoenix. Oh, God, back to it. <laughs> Beth is going to retain. Uh, I went one and a half. I mean, it's really becoming diminishing returns. I mean, I went one and a half as well, but it's like, was this now the fourth match we've seen of them? We had the little break, brief break for Eve, but right back to this. It's like, yeah. do they just still not have anybody else that could get this title match? Like, okay, we gave Eve the couple, then we should have moved on to someone else, but we're just right back to Kelly. Again, and we know they don't have like a ton of chemistry. They have that one really good match, but otherwise it's just been kind of there. And I, like I said, when we talked to Survivor Series, like I feel like we're just in this endless loop of the same people through the end of this, through the end of the season. Like we're just going to get this trio of Eve, Beth, Kelly, I guess Natty's kind of in there. We don't really see much of her, but uh, yeah. she's been in there too. But like, and that's it. Like we're just getting nothing else from any of the Steve division here on pay-per-view. Yeah, like this would have been a cool spot to do even like a tag team match, like Kelly right. and Eve versus uh, Beth and Natty on, on pay-per-view. And but even that's the same. Like there's going to yeah. be another diva they could put out there, you know, to be in this spot. Like who was – I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look back at who the Lumberjills were or whatever. But whatever. There has to be someone that got stuck in there uh, to do something. Now, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe that's all they got. Maybe there isn't anyone. Because I think – is Layla hurt during this time? We haven't seen her since you beat Michelle, so she must be. Yeah, she's hurt. And I think she was supposed to be the big um, ace of the Divas division. So um, maybe that's why they're kind of scrambling and, and recasting Kelly Kelly over and over again. Right. Um, the hits don't stop. Uh, right. About halfway through the card, we have a big time uh, sledgehammer ladder match as Triple H is going to defeat Kevin Nash. Uh, I went .75. Same. My God, what a slog this was. It's as bad as the legend will hold it. It goes almost 20 minutes for Kevin Nash in late 2011 against Triple H, who's not the guy to be carrying him at this point. Just so slow, so mm-hmm. boring. And then you get the usual click melodrama at the end where Nash does the hand signal and Triple H hits the crotch shop and the sledgehammer. And I mean, if you think of where we started with this fucking feud uh, that adds here, with this awful payoff was the end of punk's big summer of punk reign you know like 
he lost the SummerSlam because Nash came out and stuck him. And that begot this feud, which ends in this awful match. So this was the end game of Punk losing his title at SummerSlam, is my point. Like this, this awful match. Uh, arguably, maybe, I'd say the worst of the year, if not for Punk and, I mean, um, Cole and Lawler at Mania. Yeah. Or some of those other ones, but it's it's definitely one of our worst that we've watched so far here in 20, 2011, I think. Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, you know, given Triple H is capable of doing good stuff, but like again, that's why it's so disappointing because we know what he is capable of, and we really haven't seen any of that this season. Um, it's again, it's been diminishing returns. <laughs> Outside um, of the Cole and Lawler stuff early in the season, this is easily the worst match we've seen and that that covers some of those diva matches and this tells you how bad triple h has been in this run like him and punk had a match at night of champions that we went one and a half or 1.75 it's like god like, like these are like all timers you know like in these awful matches it's just yeah not, and, this, this has to be one of the worst stretches of triple h's career like this and matches that are like designed yeah. for him to do well in like Right. You know, here he has a sledgehammer, he has a ladder, like he has bells and whistles to work with. Yeah, there's workarounds, and you know, it's just stinker and clunker after clunker. Like Nash does take a pretty spectacular bump off the ladder, um, and that's probably why I went 0.75, uh, just to credit Nash with that that big bump for him to be taken. But um, I mean, this is this was a, a chore to sit through. Um, and I think this might have been my first time watching it. Um, truly awful. It was boring. <laughs> really boring. Yeah. Um, to pick things up, we've got Seamus versus... That's a long Jack. card. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, we've got Seamus versus Jack Swagger. Um, continue Seamus' scent. I went two and a half. Uh, yeah. It was pretty standard. I went two and a quarter. It, it, this felt like we... I get this. This card is already pretty stuffed. Like there's nine matches plus the cash and we're going to get to like, there's a lot going on here. I, I think maybe I can't believe I'm advocating for this, but maybe like a Seamus segment would have meant more here. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this comes out, you know, they usually do like the end of year segment on these shows, like the Christmas segment. So like maybe Seamus comes out and Santa Claus comes out and he gets up a title, whatever the fuck it is. I'm not, and he's broke kick Santa. Like something like that might've actually been, Okay, I mean, I don't want to advocate against a hard-fought pay-per-view win, but it just felt like just another match, and it felt very similar to Orton Barrett. Like, just did we need another five-minute match of Sheamus beating Barrett? Like, it just felt like do it on SmackDown and may have Sheamus just cut a promo. Even if you don't do the Santa thing, just have him cut a, a serious promo about how maybe he enters the Rumble, and maybe he puts his name in for the Rumble on here, and it's like oh, I'm going to be the first guy to claim a spot in the Rumble because it's my year. I'm going to WrestleMania and like, boom, that's it out. That to yeah. me might've meant more than this. Or maybe swagger attacks him and Seamus throws him out of the ring. I like the, um, I, I like like Santa giving out like Royal rumble spots. Right. <laughs> and that leads to like, yeah. you know, Seamus clearing a house with a couple people that are going to be in the rumble. And you know that, that jump starts the, the build to the rumble. Um, but yeah, I, I think a segment and a little bit of sports entertainment would have been better than just, you mm-hmm. know, a replacement level or just above replacement level match here. Agreed. Uh, next up for the World Heavyweight Championship, we've got the Big Show defeating Mark Henry to become the new World Heavyweight Champion. I went two and a half. Same. I mean, whatever. Like, this just felt like such a letdown. Uh, overall, the match is fine, but I really, I'm really sad how quickly they ended the Hall of Pain stuff. 
And maybe part of it was them knowing like Mark Henry always gets hurt or something like they were just trying to get out before Mm -hmm. he gets hurt as champion or something. But to me, it felt like they had hit on something so unique and special and just like punk. It's like within a couple of months, they've killed it for what? At the expense of Big Show, who's like, whatever. Yeah, like, like, do we need to do this? Like, there's like Triple H. Do we need to do Triple H for Punk and Nash and this other shit? Do we need to have Big Show be the one to get in the way of this Hall of Pain? And I know they got other plans for it right after, as we'll see. But I guess, I guess, I guess if they were going to do what they were going to do to come, like, they needed to get the belt off Henry anyway. So I don't know. I just feel like Henry deserved a better ending to that run. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, it was nice seeing his rise during the season and just how well built that whole Hall of Pain stuff was and making Henry really be the monster that he was intended to be. Um, Big Show has been on a good rise this season as well. But let's, it's like once they decide to do Henry versus Big Show, there's no turning back from that. Mm-hmm. Like how how can you have anybody just straight up beat the Big Show and then believably right. go on from there? Like, um, you know, I think Aaron talking about year that was with like Hogan and Andre. And I think like you and uh, Scott over on uh, Place to Be talking about like what do you do with Hogan after he beats Andre and like you know during that summer, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of like that here with Henry. Like what do you do after you beat the Big Show? So like Big Show had to win, um, but we do get a Money in the Bank cash in as we alluded to as Daniel Bryan is going to cash in and defeat the Big Show. Uh, I went two and a half, um, just kind of replacement level. Same yeah. Money in the Bank cash in. Yeah, it's a cool moment. I mean, it's a big moment. <clears throat> but again, just like the opener, something that could have meant more at MSG when the crowd was super worked up for him, instead of dragging out Henry Show for a third match and then doing it, like you could have just done it there and then moved along. And like we said, you could have done like Brian and Show here for the title or something, and Brian retains yeah. um, and just and paid off at MSG instead. Uh, but at least Brian cashes in, and it kind of makes him look like a jerk, right? Because Big Show finally wins the belt. They, they had kind of been buddying up a little bit, and then Brian cashes and screws them. So Big Show barely has much of a reign here at all. And uh, they had built up what this reign was going to mean to him and how bad he wanted the title. So it kind of felt like an FU from his buddy. So there's some story there, but we'll see how it continues to play. Are they tapping into Big Show with his uh, illustrious acting ability as demonstrated in the WWE film hit Knucklehead? <laughs> or, Saturday <laughs> or Saturday Night Live. Or Saturday Night Live. Uh, I know that's coming up. Uh, next up, we do finally get uh, a match that had been teased several times earlier in the night as Booker T uh, is going to lose to Cody Rhodes. Uh, and that is for the Intercontinental title. So Cody's going to retain. Uh, they get nine minutes. I went two and three quarters. Yeah, me too. This this is pretty good. Honestly, since the opener, the best match maybe <laughs> we've seen um, consistency-wise. It's been a while since we had something decent on the show. And they had the through line throughout. Like you said, they teased the start and stop a couple times with Cody attacking Booker, and then Booker wasn't able to make it, but then he does. So this is fine. It continues Cody's kind of mini faux legend killer thing. And, um, you know, I'll take Booker in the ring versus Booker in the booth for sure. So that was good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, um, it was nice to see Booker. Um, you know, he's huge. I forgot, like... You know, Booker T is huge, um, mm-hmm. but like he just comes up in that era in like the 90s where like everybody's huge. Right. And it translates over to WWE where like 
everybody's also still huge, uh, like that ruthless aggression era. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, man, he he really sticks out here. Is you know some of the wrestlers are getting uh, slimmer, trimmer, more athletic. He just monstrous. Um, but yeah, good stuff from Cody and Booker here. And in our main event of the evening, we have a triple threat uh, TLC match. I thought it was just a ladder match, but it is a triple threat TLC match for the WWE Championship as CM Punk retains versus The Miz and Alberto Del Rio. I went 3.25 on this. Yeah, I went three and a half. I, I like this match. It was actually a bit of a hidden gem for me. I don't think I don't know if I'd ever seen it, or if I had, I hadn't, I hadn't seen it in you know ten years. So uh, it was really cool to to rewatch. I thought again, it's starting to feel more and more like Punk um, is becoming his show, his division, right? Like it started a little bit of Survivor Series. Now here he gets to be the guy against the Real Miz, retains in a hard fought match, a long main event, stands tall to end the year, to end the show. Um, so now it's starting to feel at least a little bit like it's his deal more so even than the summer of punk where Cena was still kind of in the way, uh, speaking of Cena, we'll get to in a minute, but he's not on this card as you've noticed, uh, which is kind of a big thing. So, but it, it does feel like it's, it feels like a bit of a winds of change pay-per-view mm-hmm. and that's a big part of it between Brian winning the title, Ryder winning the title, punk retaining and ending the show. Like it definitely feels a bit like. They're going in a different direction overall up and down the card. We'll see if it holds. But as of right now, at the end of the show, you're thinking if you're kind of a net fan that's into the type of wrestlers that were popular on the Internet at that point, which is CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Zack Ryder, you know, like those guys, like they're your guys right now. They're on top of the promotion. So. Yeah, and it almost feels like uh, there's like the old story, I guess, of like Madison Square Garden is like the conscious of WWE. Um where like, you know, they dictate to the company like, OK, this person's over. This is whoever this is who's connecting with us. And they were cheering for Brian. They were cheering for Ryder. And they went absolutely nuts for Punk's uh, big title win a Survivor Series. So as we close out the, the year uh, in this season, those are kind of the like top faces that we have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know Brian's going to transition over into a heel run, um, but they are kind of giving the people what they wanted, um, even though if it is a tad bit late. Right. Okay, let's get into uh oh so the final match grade there is actually uh sub zero. So it's a negative point seven five. So wow. really not a good uh in ring show and it kind of sticks out amongst his peers because like we talked about this one of the positives of this stretch is like the in ring work, right? Carry some of these shows. Mm-hmm. So when you get a show like this that's in the negatives, it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out overall because um just a lag. So just not very good. Everything was pretty much right at replacement level. But then that Triple H match really dragged things down. The women's match dragged things down. And the good, the really good stuff wasn't good enough to like o- offset it. It was just kind of just good enough to balance a little bit. Yeah, weird how that worked out. Um, but we'll see if uh, the other categories lift things up at all. All right, let's get to our build. On the plus side, we have Zack Ryder's climb to the U.S. title. Uh, Mafia Don Del Rio shaking down Miz backstage, which is funny. <laughs> like, basically demanding them to go work together. Uh, Triple H and Nash being out of the title picture we liked. Like, yes, even though they're taking up time and they get in this match, at least it's not muddying up the world title scene. Uh, Sheamus is hot streak, so they build that up into the show. And then Brian with the fake out cash-in where he had said, no, I'm going to wait till Mania just to set up the, the fuckery of the big show here to screw him over. So I thought that was pretty good. That was a nice touch. Uh, in the minus section, we have Primo and Epico being hot-shotted, really without a ton of build. It's, it seems to be the WWE formula, just 
get a new tag team and put them into the tag team title picture. Uh, repetitive women's division match, as we've covered plenty this season. Uh, Sheamus and Swagger being presented as a bonus match. And again, another show rematch. Um, this feels like one or two matches now, just way too many mm-hmm. in this feud. All right, so that's a one overall, plus one on the build. Commentary, uh, Cole hyping Ziggler was pretty good, putting over him as a star. Only having the two-man booth was a nice break from the three-man booth we've had all year. Uh, I, th- I thought Cole did a nice job given the history between Triple H and Nash. As much as the match and the story was was what it was, uh, I thought they at least explained their history well. And good storytelling of the uh, working over the hand in Henry's show as well. I thought mm-hmm. they, they sold the psychology nicely. Yeah, that, that was a good touch. Um, in the minus section, Cole trashing Ryder uh, during his big win and all really all throughout the match. Mm-hmm. I'm calling him a nerd for using this thing that the company can't stop promoting Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, just a big time lack of consistency there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawler trolling Cole on his favorites losing during the night. Uh, that felt, I don't know, I hate to say like childish because wrestling is for children, but um, <laughs> it, it just it, uh, it, it just felt like um, all the heels are losing. Sorry, Cole. And it just felt like too old school forced in here for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. And another big time win as, uh, uh, you know, Cole. Just taking another dump, a, a trademark cold dump on Daniel Bryan winning the title. Right. Going down the nerd stuff there again and everything. Yep. So that nets out to a zero mm. uh, for a commentary. All right. Atmosphere, which has been a pretty big category here in the fall of 11. Like we've been pretty high on the crowds, the look, like what goes into these shows. So we'll see if that can buoy this one as well. Uh, good Christmas themed opening video. I thought that worked pretty well. The crowd uh, was hot for the opener with Vicky getting thrown out there and Ryder winning. Uh, the set looked cool. Uh, the pop for Orton is really good. We really liked Nash using the NWO theme. That was cool. Uh, Mark Henry's entrance always gets the bump for atmosphere. <laughs> uh, Brian's cash in gets a massive pop. The entrance is the main event. Felt like a big deal. And we give a point two for the um, <clears throat> infamous future stars champions picture. Which actually, no, I'm going to shift that, though. I want to give the point to it. That should actually be in the moments, I think. That makes uh, sense. Actually, we had in both, so um, we don't need it twice, I don't think. So let's take it out of here. That works. Okay. And, um... Okay, go ahead. What do we got in the negative? Oh, yeah, the negatives. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, Primo Nepico just being pushed uh, too quickly into the tag title picture. So they feel pretty flat and the crowd reacts accordingly to that. Uh, Triple H and Nash uh, during the match. It's, it's really just like such a low point and mm-hmm. they work the crowd into a lull. Like the crowd pops huge for <laughs> Nash using the NWO music. It might be, you know, pop of the night and uh, yeah, the match does not follow up. And um, yeah, in general, like that Nash and Triple H match, it's so slow. Um, the crowd, there's no like urgency to it. The crowd mm-hmm. doesn't bite on anything. Um, they're really just sitting on their hands. And like, if you're going to have a ladder match, you've got to have the sense of urgency and you have two plotting individuals and I'm not blaming Kevin Nash at all for being plotting in 2011. Um, but this right, should, should have be. been put in the spot, right? This it's a, it's a no win situation. All right. So that's actually a, a net of five though, which again, atmosphere continues to carry some of these shows because this one would be pretty bottom barrel without that atmosphere stuff carrying it. All right. Notable moments, Zack Ryder's big win, uh, the aggressive Cody Rhodes attacking Booker all night continues to put him over as a threat. Uh, big show wins his first title after nine years. 
Brian's cash in and winning the world title for the first time. Uh, Ricardo takes another big bump, takes a big bump through the table in the main event. Sure does. Uh, pay-per-view without John Cena in 2011, which we thought was a pretty big deal worth noting. And then uh, this is what I mentioned a second ago. After this pay-per-view, uh, they took that infamous picture of all the young champions. Uh, and it felt like, again, it was a sea change. Like this was the next era. You had Punk, you had Brian, you had Beth, you had Air Boom, you had Ryder, you had Cody. Like it mm-hmm. felt like, okay, this is like the next era of WWE superstars um, with, with you know, all of them in the picture, all the champions. It just, it just felt like a really cool moment and it leaked and it felt nice and it felt neat and it felt like okay we're embarking on a new journey and i think i think by like wrestlemania like barely i don't still have the belt at all and they're being even pushed um at all so it kind of is what it is but in the moment it felt felt really cool uh yeah it just felt like a changing of an era um but it's infamous because it, it felt like things weren't the same for a while after that when it came to like pushing these young talents yeah uh it in a way you know that i guess i would say a generation but like that that time like kind of peaked right there with that photo um tons of potential in that picture um but yeah sad to see i know even like the next night on raw i remember they do play off that photo going viral and they have like Ryder and uh punk and i think maybe even brian team up um but yeah, moving on to uh, I feel like the, the uh, infamous uh, boat picture with the giants. Like, oh, they've never once since that boat, <laughs> the boat picture. <laughs> kind of felt like that. Like this, they take this big picture of like champions, and like none of them were ever like the same for at least a couple of years. So true. Um, in the minus section, we've got uh, angry Hornswoggle talking about his mature testicles and Black Santa and Rosetta Stone bonics and a segment that um just felt overall offensive <laughs> and like one of those segments where like I wouldn't want my parents or mm-hmm. anybody really to walk in. Cause like I would be embarrassed that I'm a grown man watching this. Um, so just a bad segment overall, uh, contrived finish the table match a little bit. It just didn't feel natural, uh, in that Orton Barrett match. And, uh, we dinged Nash and triple H, uh, two here, just for being all-time low, um, slow, and boring matchup. And uh, minus one for Henry's reign ending. Pretty big uh, build that we've seen throughout the, the season, and it comes to an end tonight. Prematurely, I'd say. So that gives us a total of two there for notable moments. We already talked about match grades as negative 0.75. Card structure, we like the choice of opener starting the show with the Hot Rider win. And the fact that they did not main event Nash and Triple H was the point. Uh, for us, because they easily could have, given how they go about this whole feud. And that would have been really nightmarish if they stuck Punk again in the sub-main event spot and then close mm-hmm. with that dog shit fest between those two guys. Yeah, it was looking that way. Like, Triple H Nash uh, being the main storyline coming out of the summer, like you said. Like, you could see that main eventing. Uh, but thankfully they don't. They do go on the middle. But we are going to ding it uh, being in the middle because it's way too long. Like, it really brings down uh, the rest of the show afterwards. Um, we got a bonus match with no build or heat, uh, late into the show. So it didn't mm-hmm. really feel like a bonus. Um, you know, contrary to that, WCW would do bonus matches and they'd be like, you know, your second or third match on the card. Right. Um, and that's a better place for that. And, um, the Brian cash in would have been a good, like, I don't know, good show closer perhaps. Um, but, uh, you know, with that being what it is, uh, that nets out to a negative one. 
Yeah, it kind of, I know it goes counter what we've been talking about, like Punk deserved to close, but the Brian moment's a big one too, so I wouldn't begrudge them. Like it could have been a cool way to end the year with Brian winning the title and kind of saying to all show seeds on the floor. Yeah, and I feel like that cash in like we call it replacement level, but like I feel like it's kind of lost. Like mm-hmm. I don't ever remember thinking like, Oh yeah, Brian won the title. Right. Like it, it doesn't stand out to me at all. All right, so like you said, it's a minus one for rewatchability. We give a point for Ryder's big win and Daniel Bryan's cash-in. So two points there are the positive. And for the minus, we have the repetitive women's title match uh, with no sort of, like, evolution mm-hmm. um, or, like, no advancement at all into the pitcher. So that's a plus one overall. And then we actually have a negative for the all-time matches. Triple H and Nash both clocked in at three quarters of a star, so that gives it a minus one on all-time worst match. And like we said, it's pretty much worst of the year, non-Cole Lawler division. So no bueno for them. Uh, And that gives us a final score of 6.25, which, again, not a surprise as you kind of look through as we went through this. Atmosphere saved this because without it, this would be down in like the WrestleMania 11 bucket um, near the zero range. But instead... It's kind of maybe in the low end of the mid, what's going to be the mid-range for us right now. Uh, but it does check in below Survivor Series 94, below King of the Ring 94, uh, and just above Royal Rumble 95 uh, there. So it's kind of in that that mix um, of shows. So of our, you know, 15 or so that we've ranked so far, it's, what, bottom five? So not too great. No, nah, not, not a good look. Um, I think, like... We know December is always a challenging mm-hmm. time for WWE, um, and I try not to fault them too much because I think of the amount of effort that I put into my job, uh, <laughs> you know, after Thanksgiving, and it's pretty reflective uh, to the amount of effort that WWE seems to put into uh, their television pay-per-views uh, after Survivor Series. Well, they finally got it right in 2021, but they just eliminated the December pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're doing the, the day one gimmick, so yeah. we'll see how that works out, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a struggle bus for sure. Like, when Aaron and I did No Holds Barred, ranking the December workers and the December show, like, you could see it pop up there, too. Just not a ton of great quality content um, in there at all. So, it is what it is. Toward the bottom. So, hope you guys enjoyed this show. 2011's in the books. We'll be edging into 2012 to finish up this season. Our next episode, will touch on Rumble 12 and Elimination 2012. And then a month from tonight, we'll end the season with WrestleMania 28 and uh, the year-end awards. So looking forward to all of that, Marcus. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too. Um, I'm really looking forward to WrestleMania because I feel like uh, Survivor Series kind of put a nice bow on you know the second or middle part of the season. And yep. you know, TLC wrapped up uh, some of that as well. So uh, we're really getting close to the finish of the season. Looking forward to it sure okay so everyone happy new year welcome to 2022 hope you enjoyed this show we'll be back in two weeks remember to continue to live your life above replacement level talk to you soon
cause we get around. Before I get old 